everyone, welcome to Bookversations. We're your hosts, Sayed. And I'm Mahmouda. Join us as we have conversations inspired by books. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Bookversations. This episode's conversation is inspired by Quran Murad's In the Early Hours, a book about spiritual development. In this episode, we're continuing with a discussion of the second chapter titled Remembrance of Allah. If you're new to Book Versations, every month we discuss a chapter from an Islamic book that we love and we've benefited from. You can listen to them as standalone episodes, but of course, feel free to listen to earlier episodes as well. So let's get started with our conversation for today. On I'm the chapter. So excited. You? <laughs> I feel like this chapter was really heavy. There was loads of things. It was long. It was, I think it was compared to like chapter one, there was a lot of content. A lot of content. Which is why I always advise, even though we will cover, I, I guess the episodes are more of a summary of the chapters as opposed to in-depth discussions. The best way for you to get maximum values honestly to read the book. But I feel like our discussions kind of serve as an aid a little bit. I agree. And I think it's also long. No, I think it's also, I was just thinking about like how he broke it down. I think it's also long because of how much detail he went into. Because, you know, remember Sabalara and then he touches on all of the five pillars, but then also not just the five pillars, it touches on like other forms of dhikr, right? Yeah. Um, Which I found very interesting. So that's what makes it long because he goes into detail and he's, I love how he always covers the scale of do like do this but if you're not doing this try doing this or start with this and this is always there's always a focal point and also your heart and like it's important for you to I mean it's about purification of the heart to an extent but always focusing on the heart and how these things can translate to actions I think something else I also loved about it which I think that's your favorite quote was just the reminder that the kid can be done in any way and in any form and like just your normal daily activity can be a form of remembrance of Allah yeah yeah i love that definition that he put about um the statement that ibn al-qayyum makes that dhikr encompasses any and every particular moment when you're thinking saying or doing things which allah likes and i think that ending is so important because sometimes when we think of dhikr we just limit it to adhkar that we say but actually it's thinking that every single aspect of our life can be a form of dhikr if we have the the intention isn't it Yeah. yeah And if it is like pleasing to Allah. So when you when you go to sleep with the intention that you want to like give your body rest, you want to honor the amana that Allah SWT has given you over your body, that's a form of dhikr. When you're having good conversations with friends, I like that, that that's a form of dhikr. Spending on your family is a form mm-hmm. of like remembrance. So yeah, those going are, to work because your intention yes. is to take care of yourself and also people around you and so on. I think like cooking for the family is also a form of dhikr because you're feeding people you're giving they'll have energy then to serve a lot like it's literally how you tie it all together ah. um, that shows i guess if it's going to be an act of worship for you or not or not exactly i think yeah it's a, what i really love or the reminder that it gave me is about being intentional when you're doing things or like at the very least starting everything that you're doing with bismillah that you're putting that remembrance of allah at the forefront which leads nicely onto something that he talks about which is called the four states of consciousness what i really love that yeah same um because you know how they always say we should like ihsan is like a big part of islam and you should always and the prophet Salam, you know, in the hadith of jibril where he was like know that allah no act or do things like you see Allah and you, if you don't see him then you know that he sees you and sometimes it might be difficult to put that into practice not because it's hard at all but just because you might forget and we just we get busy carrying about our day mm-hmm. um and I loved how he broke it down in the in the books like the full state of consciousness so there's a variation of things that you can think about to constantly center your mind on Allah and just I think about it sometimes it crosses my mind about how Yes, we get busy, but it's so interesting because Allah is always there. Allah yeah. never moves, never changes. It's just us and like our state of mind and what we're thinking about. Um, and the conditions still remain the conditions. You can always go to Allah and make God to Allah. You can always call on him, but there are times that we don't. And it's in like when we're in intense moments of distress, you're like, what did I think I was doing? Trying to solve this alone when I could have called on Allah a long time ago. Um, again, obviously speaks to the forgetfulness of human beings and just how we allow other things to occupy our minds and so on. But I just always find it interesting that Allah is always there and we're the ones whose minds and like states of consciousness changes. And he gives us like the full 
states. So the first one is, I'm in Allah's presence. He's watching me. Um, and then the second one is, everything I have has been given to me by Allah. I really love that because yeah. even when you're just doing your mundane stuff of like, oh, I don't know, I'm working on my laptop. Like the resources or the money you used to purchase a laptop is given to you by Allah. Mm. Or I'm so busy spending time with my friends, but Allah is the one that allowed this um, connection to be formed and this relationship and bond to be formed. So ultimately, again, you give thanks to Allah. Ultimately, it all goes back to Allah. So I love that. Um, and then he said, the third one is nothing in this world can happen without his permission. I think that's also super important, especially when you're in time, in moments of difficulty, in moments of sadness, or you've just gotten the really bad news. I remember I was reading some posts. I think I've seen that post a couple of times. Um, and that person was talking about the story of um, Musa and um, in Surah, um, Surah Kath and Al-Khidr. So, you know, there's a part in the story where Al-Khidr, um, he, it breaks the boat of the poor people. And Musa, yeah. Musa was like, why would you break their boat? And then when he was explaining later on the reason behind his decision, he was saying how there's a king that stops people with good boats and he takes their boats. And obviously the destruction of the boats would prevent the king from thinking, oh, there's value in it. And at least those who own the boats can then go back home and mend their boats and still be able to use it. Yeah. Um, and the person was then giving us the analogy of how like, sometimes something difficult or bad might happen to you and in your mind you're like but Allah I really needed this thing why would you do this to me or I really needed this job this is my desperate moment yet I didn't get it I put in all of the effort but you never know like the behind the scenes and like faith is obviously then like without knowing the behind the scenes and without knowing the full picture can you still trust Mm. that what, whatever's happened to you has happened to you with the permission of Allah but then he will also never ever leave you to your own devices it will always be there for you if you trust him it's always looking out for you always wants what's best for you That's um, so I think that oh, go on no I was just saying it's a wonderful explanation it reminds me of the hadith I think where the Prophet said there's good in every situation for a believer mm, mm-hmm, that always mm-hmm. gives me comfort like I love that I think it's, that it's encouraging us to have a positive perspective on every mm-hmm, single thing that happens mm-hmm. in our life like, even if it's difficult at the beginning you still kind of hold it firm in your heart that there is good in the things and it's a comfort and reminder to have in different mm. times even a tiny thing like when I stub my toe I'm like remember I lost it any difficulty that afflicts a believer. My sins get washed. Exactly. So I'm like, it hurts, but I just immediately remember that and that actually brings me so much comfort because I'm like, it's not, I mean, it's not like it's harming anyone, but I'm like, it's not going to waste either. I stopped my toe, remember that. But it's nice to know that there's something that comes from me stopping my toe. I know. Islam um, has the best like positive psychology advice, to be honest. Really, It does. Oh God. I mean, we're going to get to that point in a bit when we talk about fasting. Something just came to my mind, some headline that CNN anyways um when you said positive i just remembered that there's been a thread going on so far i think lately on twitter about someone would say like people say islam is a strict religion or something and then they'll tell you like something else that like something countering that that islam does like oh smile at sunnah and all of the little things that we do that for other people is just something they do but for us there's always a reward it's so interesting right it is and then the fourth state of consciousness is reminding yourself i'm going to return to allah one day and that day could be today i know some people don't like thinking or talking about death but i actually really love um that in islam you're told to constantly remember that you're going to die one day and that day could be today i'm not saying then you should live in in state of hopelessness of like what's the point in doing anything if i'm going to die tomorrow but it's a good reminder that allows you to pick and choose what you prioritize your time and that's not to say oh don't rest and don't take a break but like just being aware that you are going to die one day and just asking yourself from time to time are you happy with what you're doing in this moment or how you've lived your life so far knowing that you're going to return to a lot today so I was talking yeah. to two people yesterday and we're talking about whether something I don't remember what it was but something was a form of cheating and it's one of those ones where it's like well, is it really cheating is it not cheating and I'm like well, if you have to ask these questions I'm, I'm always a I'm usually a black and white person of I'm going to die if I die. I said, I'm, this is my theory for why I don't do certain things. I'm like, if I'm going to go and do it right now and I die right now as I'm doing it and then God asks me why, what will I tell him? No, seriously. I said, oh, for that little tiny thing. And I've asked myself, I hope it's worth it because, uh, because whereas yeah. for them it's like, oh, I will ask forgiveness. And I'm like, it's not, it's not. It's that not thing of like, exactly. What if, and I'm like, like, I always think, I guess I always think, 
I don't always think. But worst case scenarios, in moments like this, I always think worst case scenario. I'm like, what if it's in that one second where you've gotten that thing? That so you don't even have that one extra second to be like, stuck for a lot. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's scary, man. That's scary. But I feel like it's a, for me personally, I find it a good way to put things in perspective. It doesn't work for everyone, fair enough. But that's just how I try. I tend to think about quite a few things. And I think for me, it's also my way of grounding myself in the sense that like, it's not worth it because at the end of the day, everything belongs to Allah. So what's yeah. going to be yours, the right way will be yours and what's yeah. not meant to be yours will be yours. But yeah, I really loved reading about the four states of consciousness and it just helped me, like, I think it helps put things into perspective and also gives you tools for different points in your life. Like one of them is very good for when you're feeling down and sad, but one of them is also very good when you're stuck with like, to decisions of like oh which one is beneficial in the short term versus in the after term kind of thing and so on so yeah i hate to bring back affirmations but i feel like <laughs> oh god i'm not calling these statements affirmations but i feel like mm-hmm. just saying just saying them every day let's say at the beginning of your it is a form of affirmation it's affirmation it's a reminder all bad yeah i know <laughs> there's always I've, i i i just think having discussions about affirmations now it's like you're stepping into hot zone <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, everyone mm-hmm. has different opinions <laughs> but i think just as just as part of your routine when i read the mm-hmm. four statements again i just thought oh this is such a it's, a it's such a powerful thing to be incorporating in your routine and i think especially that last statement that you were mentioning i'm going to return to allah one day and that day could be today a lot of us don't mm-hmm. internalize that because we're accustomed to going to bed and waking up the next day but for a lot of people the reality is they go to bed and don't wake up Mm-hmm. so it's just yeah re- realigning our priorities and also that first one of i'm in allah's presence and he's watching me just that recognition that you're not alone is such yeah it's so yeah. that's so important because it's so easy to think you're alone think about like how people those keyboard warriors have a lot to say on, on the internet and stuff like that it's just the concept of just because you're in your room mm. or in any space by yourself like you're not really alone and i think in islam we have this big responsibility of accountability and i think that comes with taqwa i remember he he said in the book actually even though taqwa is it is god consciousness which encompasses all of these four states of consciousness is also being accountable holding yourself accountable to the fact that you have a responsibility laws watching you there is there are consequences to every action whether good or bad and just being constantly conscious of that i think is super important shout out to your keen institute nobody's doing it like that because i'm literally at the edge of my seat tomorrow for angels in their presence because i'm so excited to get to think about learn about again this concept of us not being they have endless resources i mean the quality did you see that trailer i said oh Allah. I'm so anytime they have anything coming up, I'm always excited. And they're it's touching so, so many topics. I love it. I love how much research they're doing. I love the collaboration. I look forward to the Ramadan series. I just Allah reward them. Um, it's amazing. Wow. By the time this okay, episode's out, that series is gonna be <laughs> out on YouTube, yeah, hopefully, inshallah. Yeah, I'm, so, so, I'm so excited. I think it. that's one of the ways that we can just develop our knowledge about how mm-hmm. we interact with the other world the other world that sounds really weird um the invisible no, but you know world. he actually remember he had the, there's a ramadan where he had an angel so the first one series one i think this one coming in season two i think even just watching that one on youtube is gives you already good insights into just the fact that we're not actually always alone by us yeah um, we are ourselves. we actually are not because you know yeah. like, the next um thing on my list was about what's your favorite adhkars because when he's talking about the four states of consciousness he mentions like different adhkars that enhances our consciousness like subhanallah alhamdulillah Allah akbar mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but on that co- concept of we're not alone like you know when you say what is it why is it why is it literally gone out of my head Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. No, it's not. Yeah. Which one is the one you say when Wait. you leave the house? Like, that is there? the one you say when exactly. you leave the house. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. You know, and when he was doing that first series, he was talking about how the angels respond with every statement yeah. that you made. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think that is... And that's the decision that you make when you make that dua as well, like choosing that the angels will be the ones who accompany you throughout your day or not, right? I love that car so much. What are your favorite cars that helps you throughout your day? 
I love the morning and evening ones. I think the reason why I love it is because once it becomes constant practice, it means that you're doing at least minus the five daily prayers. You're doing at least one thing a day that constantly ties you to Allah. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love them. I also love them because their means are so good. And like once you get used, it's very easy to also say regularly and memorize and pick up the meanings and I think in general, what I love about Adkar is just the fact that in Islam, you have a, a du'a for almost, not almost, you have a du'a for every single, even the things that you don't know or you don't think there would be an Adkar for, there is an Adkar for. Getting dressed, looking in the um, mirror. Oh, I love the looking in the mirror one. I love the getting dressed one. I love the one you buy new clothes that are, like, when you're about to enter your car. I said that every day when I was in education. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course, you just have I love the one. traveling du'a. Yes. Um, so many, there's so, so many. many. Um, I love, I love any du'a that reminds you that you can't myself, do things by yourself, but Allah is the one. Yeah. I love Aspun Allah when Iman Wakil. I love so many, so many beautiful du'as. And I love when you also know the story behind because then that attaches, helps you attach a lot of meaning to the du'a. True. as well so yeah it's very interesting and one of my another one of my favorite does is i loosely translated is the one where you it's every morning and evening you say and you're calling on the angels and all of allah's creation and the bearer of yeah. the throne to bear witness that you say that allah is it's so like beautiful. no god exists but him it's just a beautiful yeah, that, that encompasses so much in it but yeah i have so many yeah yeah there's actually so many i love so um, many we, but we use i feel like we use the same app it's the door and the one because they have yeah yeah they have, they have but then i also love carrying like the little book around sometimes as well the accepted whispers just diverted conversation i've been trying to remember like i've memorized half of them but then there's a like a whole half like the, you know the ones that start with aspana yeah i always mix them up unless i actually look at it and it's weird because, because i look at it and then i remember everything in. else yes but then i can't remember off the top of my head yeah it's so easy to like get them mixed especially after when you're doing the first line i think when i'm not paying attention that's when i i, I know when i've mixed it up is when i'm not paying attention yeah because i'm like this does not sound right but inshallah i actually want to memorize the whole book because i think it would just be so nice to, to just be able to do it on the go right yeah without looking at the whole book right now i still have to look at the book for some of the ones but i do a little challenge i try and like remember a chunk and then i'll do the ones that i don't remember yeah that's a, that's a good idea because then that's how you strengthen the memory i think that's a good idea on that note i would love for someone to develop an app similar to duolingo for ads cars because i always thought i could learn the language i started using duolingo but it literally is that would be fun but duolingo is fun as well and so you have to make the learning fun because i've tried other language languages apps and i find that i keep going back to duolingo Mm. because it makes learning exciting i mean it it has taken them some time and they are they've been out for ages but they've been good it's been like the gaming learning approach to learning but also like oh you can do this in five minutes and I think I like that approach a lot about it. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how, how much you can learn. So, inshallah, mm-hmm. all the techies mm-hmm. out there, one day, one day, please. Inshallah, don't worry, one day I'll come and give you my... Abuse, well, software engineer. The link, yeah. One day, one day. Come inshallah. through. Okay, so the next part, he talks about the different kind of methods or mechanisms of dhikr. So just a brief overview, it's salah, the hajjad, fasting, recitation of the Quran, dua, istighfar, and tawbah. So the first two was salah and tahajjud. Do you want to talk about it? Because you've got a quote. One thing I like about his approach to speaking about salah is just the fact about action, right? When we think about salah, I don't know if, I don't, I don't think it's a natural thing that people think about salah and how salah should affect their actions. I mean, I've seen it a lot of times where I think I don't know, I'm not sure if it's a hadith, but it's about like if salah doesn't influence the way you act, then are you really praying? Yeah. And I'm just going to read out the quote because it's something along that line. So it says, if after regular observance of prayer, your heart remains unmoved, your morals remain corrupt and your conduct remains unaffected, we may question the usefulness and efficacy of your prayer. If you enter into salah and come out of it the same person, then you have missed something and you may have missed a golden opportunity to achieve something great. It's very interesting because this is something that you don't think about unless the acts. I mean, we all obviously sometimes just go into pray to pray, right? Mm-hmm. But generally, I think unless the act of salah is something that you consciously do, as in not just to pray to pray and then get it done, but consciously think this is the process of making wudu and how oh, wudu like is an atonement for our sins, right? When you make wudu, your sins are yeah. washed away as you do the washing, and then like going to make to pray is conversation of Allah and I'm in the presence of God and I think it's I feel like it's a 
a different level of consciousness, I guess. Because when you think of like, oh, I'm in the presence of Allah, I'm communicating with Allah. When you finish praying and when you come out of a communication with Allah, I think you hopefully will be more likely to do good and incline towards good. And if you're planning to do something that was not pleasing to God before, as you have consciously come out of prayer, you will probably rethink, hopefully, your actions. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were even angry before you're about to send somebody a mean message. Because you've come out of salah and it's impacted you, you would rethink your actions. Or maybe mm-hmm. maybe the act of praying doesn't impact you, but also the fact that you would recite something right in prayer. Mm-hmm. And every verse has a meaning, has some form of connection. Everything that we say, right? has some meaning, some form of connection. And every time you stand up to do like the listless thing of like, oh, Allah Akbar, right? You're saying God is greater. So if I finish praying, for example, and someone just did something that hurt me and I'm about to go and shout at them, but then I remind myself that God is greater. If you're going to go use your power to be oppressive, remember that there's someone, a being out there that's greater than you. Just all of those little things. Um, But I just really love that he emphasized that Salah should affect our actions and in terms of the hajj i i love i'm a lover of the hajj there's just something about just waking up to pray at night it's just mm, mm. i mean i love the early morning in general because on and nights because it's when it's quiet i just love it you just it's a different level of like in your zone that you can be and you can be reflective but i think particularly just the hadith that's tied with like waking up in the last seven of the ninth and like last third of the night and knowing that Allah is in the seventh heaven is asking, what do you want? I think yeah. once, once, if you're approaching Hajjud in that way, thinking, okay, Allah is here and asking me like what I want and I'm seeking forgiveness from God, I'm seeking direction, then that should hopefully again translate into my actions because mm. you make the R, but you also are supposed to like act on what it is that you're asking for. If I'm telling God to forgive me and I'm not going to do this anymore, and we're going to talk about repentance later on, but if I'm saying I'm repenting for something and forgive me, my Lord, hopefully when I go to carry on in my life and my day, I will try as much as I can. Yes, we are human and we make mistakes and we commit sins, yeah. but I will try as much as I can, hopefully to avoid that thing that I've just told my God that I don't want to do anymore and I hope he forgives me for, or that he should help me to maybe pass my exam. So I hopefully inshallah then go on to do some work towards that and then pray for his barakah in what I'm doing um, and that's kind of how I think about what he what he says in terms of dhikr should be should be reflective in the things that you do you don't remember Allah and then still then have a really horrible character or still not be and then be a good person whatever that means I mean but just in general I just yeah that's just what I thought about when I was reading it in terms of salah and tahajjud Mm, I think this chapter, this section was so good because it forces you to reassess how Salah impacts your life, like you were saying. Like, I loved that a lot. I about, loved oh, that what's a the lot. Impact? Yeah, what's the impact of the prayer that I'm actually doing? Because he was talking also about if just being conscious that your heart isn't wandering when you're in Salah, like that you are present. And I was literally about to say that. I love that he talked about Khushu. He broke it down and he gave you so many different ways to achieve or try to achieve uh, Khushu in Salah. Yeah. Doesn't always happen, yes, but it's. And I, I know that to be honest, it's not it's something I always I've struggled with for a while. It's so hard, right? Because there's so many things to think about. But one thing that I've realized is that the more it's something conscious, the easier I find it to concentrate. When I'm like consciously trying to catch myself out when I'm thinking, I find it easier. Whereas when I'm not actually putting in that conscious effort, mm. then I find it that my mind actually wanders easier than if I'm like actively trying to catch myself. It's it's work. And I think that is the work that comes with concentrating, right? As well quite interesting i think the philosophy the philosophy towards salah honestly just needs to be one of those things like we have different areas in our lives where we're constantly trying to improve and up our level i think salah definitely needs to be one of those areas where we're constantly thinking how do i up my level whether that is like you're taking courses whether that it's like you're reading books like this whether you're learning new surahs so that you're you're like present with it Mm -hmm. i know like Mm -hmm. me doing translation or something um, what do you call it? It's literally like I'm forgetting all the words today, but like doing classes on pronunciation has definitely helped in like just my presence, just reciting Surah Fatiha, for example. Oh, Tajweed, you mean? Yeah, Tajweed, my God, thank you. Um, that That's made a difference. <laughs> so just in general, when I read this section, I was like, oh man, I need to revisit some of these courses that I've paid for before and just think it about it. It is interesting. I think something that helps sometimes yeah. is also like, slow recitation i'm not saying like i know some people do naturally recite fast but i find that when i read slower 
I'm, I find it easier to concentrate. Yeah. Because my mind is also trying to bring some form of connection to the meaning and to the words. Um, and that also helps you to focus on what you're doing in that moment, which is praying. Yeah. I love that section. So the next section was around fasting. So something that stuck out to me immediately was around five things that break our fast. And because Ramadan is mm-hmm. coming up in what, less than five months now? So, so I swear to God, lying, backbiting, scandal mongering, perjury, and a lustful gaze. Those are you know what? So interesting because it's so easy to two things are so easy these days lying and a lustful gaze. <laughs> Let me tell you, I said this year I'm not going to be a social media. Look, the one thing, no, it's, it's safe, <laughs> but it's safe than sorry. To and be honest, like, better safe than sorry. I'm telling you, and you're just like, whoop. Excuse me, I've had to like unfollow some people because if you're retweeting nonsense, my timeline. Same, like, same, same. I'm just like, bye, because it's not me. Like, eyes, is actually, it's my eyes, <laughs> <laughs> You said it. It's actually yeah, like even scandal mongering. Wait, what? That's what true because, like, what's that? I don't know. I mean, in my mind, it was just like a scandal, like something. Yeah, that's why I was thinking, and also passing on scandal. You know how in Islam, when someone brings information for you to you, mm-hmm. for example, you have a responsibility to vet it. Ah, uh, before you pass it on. Yeah, so somebody who enjoys spreading scandal and, and gossip. So scandal mongering is basically then spreading scandal, spreading gossip. Yeah, so five things that break our fast. And then just in general, the idea of fasting being something that restrains our desires or helps us to restrain our desire and allows us to remember Allah. Anything else that you want to talk about with fasting? Yeah, that's, I just remember the CNN article that was going around oh, yeah. yesterday where they said that research... <laughs> Research shows that fasting two days a week can help to reduce obesity, blah, blah, blah. And I was just, and I was just laughing hard because I was like, Islam's been on this for ages. I don't get it. You guys should, you know what I found interesting, actually? Because, you know, I love research. And something that goes through this would go down the rabbit hole of research and stuff. Mm-hmm. And particularly when I, was, when I was really into, like, studying psychology and I'll be reading read articles and reading stuff and I'll be like, Islam had talked about this ages ago and I just keep thinking about how much advanced we would be in science if we didn't separate science from religion because there's so much in terms of even cures and remedies that Islam already speaks about now that they would now find in the western world like a thousand years later and we could have been far far ahead if we were paying attention and not separating religion from science where well, yeah, that's just a side rant of mine like fasting two, twice a week yeah I read that as well on um, I think it was someone else's um, Facebook. It's like a Muslim. I just loved nutritionist. It actually has so much benefits for you, for for you, not just spiritually but physically. It's given me inspiration. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to repay my fast starting this week. I told my mom this week, week, and she was laughing. I'm telling you, I've never heard her laugh so much. Context, because Muhammad always waits until summertime. And maybe a month guys, or a few for Ramadan to start repairing. Oh my hairs, you're going to be shocked. So this year apparently she's showing oh, me. Oh my hairs, I'm a change person. You see, you see, you're gonna be shocked. We are hopeful. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you again in January. To yes, see ask, me, ask me. Ask me. You see. Inshallah. Okay, going on to the next form of dhikr, Quran. He said in the book that you should never let a day go by without reciting the Quran even if it's like a few ayahs, which I really, really love. And like reflecting on the ayahs of the Quran and how, I think there was a quote around like, like make, we're using the Quran to revive our heart. But I, I really like the section of the Quran as well. Anything else that struck for, for what struck Yeah, it reminded me of our Remember Me app. And I just kept thinking maybe we should carry on building this app or find people to oh, come the on the app. team and build it with us. Because it's such an amazing I idea. I think it would be so, so much better as an app, you know. It, it was supposed to be an app. And I started making the app for them. Yeah, anyways. The code is still available. So if anyone wants to jump, actually, yeah. So basically, we have an app called Remember Me. And the idea is allowing people to reflect on the verse of the Quran on a daily basis. So you give us give them a verse and that comes with a reflective on an action prompt. So you read the verse and you act on it. And then you get reminders as the day goes by about the verse. And we started developing the app. We have already a UI design, but we're open to like making changes, getting feedback. And the code is currently in Flutter because we're trying to um, appeal to a cross-platform audience. But we're also open to making other changes because it's still in the early development stages. So if anyone wants to actually jump on this, we'd be more than happy to have a chat. Yeah, because I really, I think it's an amazing idea and I think we should still pick it up. That was what I did, my, okay, side notes, my, I had to do a presentation on a technical product, blah, blah. And I was, while I was making the presentation, I just kept thinking, this app, 
this app it's, it's so, good. so good yeah because i found myself like this year using a lot more apps like i use duolingo every day i use elevate every day i use my journal every day it's just like a part of my routine now so it'd actually be so cool to be yeah reflecting every day inshallah may allah make it possible i don't know i just don't find it easy easy to like sit down and write anymore i just prefer like doing everything on my phone <laughs> Sorry. no i get it i get it actually inshallah yeah. inshallah we one day have the remember me app and the design looks so good when you designed it as well oh my god i remember all the um, i still have to cut everything i have it all so if people yeah. are interested we inshallah, can share more details and we can work together on this to create something that benefits us first and foremost and the ummah let's do it um, the other thing that I loved when he when he mentioned specifically the best times to read the Quran or like to memorize. So he said in the book, memorize after Isha, before Fajr and in Fajr. And I think there is a lot of wisdom in that advice. Because after, before Fajr, before sleep, Fajr, after Isha, before Fajr, is beautiful times. Yeah. Before you go to sleep, you remember, if you if you read something before you go to sleep, honestly, it stays in your unconscious. And if you That's do That's what before, you wake up thinking about most of the I time. I swear, the last thing you do... <laughs> sometimes you end up dreaming about it as well so it is effective effective advice and then like before fajr as well you're getting the reward of reciting during tahajjud so even if it's a few hours oh app recommendation on that note tartil there's an app called tartil and it has the memorization that you recite and then as you're reciting it comes up with the eyes that you're reciting oh yeah i've seen that it's yeah. so cool yeah, tracks. i mean i'm so excited about writing code i miss a, yeah it's yeah. an exciting so thing sometimes cool. it doesn't always there's a bit of a bug sometimes but I, I found it quite useful but I'm excited to see how the app develops in the next coming years because I just think it's such a great 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 idea ideas and, yeah that's my recommendation okay so shall we move on to dua yes which is the last two I think okay so in the dua section there's a couple of there's a couple of things one there was a hadith that he mentions and he says um that he included where it says allah is angry with him who does not ask him i remember the first time i read that i was like wow that put a stop in my tracks like subhanallah then it makes sense because not asking is a sign of arrogance yes or thinking you're you're like i can do it myself exactly when you're not like advice on how you make that as well i feel like we, we did this in the other episode on accepted whispers but starting mm-hmm. your supplication with allah's names and attributes and sending salawat on the prophet so, no, no, yeah, so, like that's the basic etiquette of making that that we all need to be doing approaching it from a place of humility knowing obviously allah is the only one who can give you and mm. um, one thing i, I also love reminders about is just that just because like your da is not answered the day that you ask for it doesn't mean it's never going to be answered some people pray for something for years and these this examples you find in prophets as well um, mm. so, um all like a lot of the prophets would make da for something for years and then you might just only see the fruits and then big and amazing example is professor career who wanted wanted kids or wanted a child and he prayed about it for years it wasn't until his old age and that's the same with Ibrahim as well like so just knowing that just because the dar is not answered in this moment first of all don't let it lead you to a state of hopelessness second of all don't let it make you then blind to all of the other things that Allah gives to you one of my favorite verses is in the Quran is barely with hardship comes ease not because even of the more because of the, the tafsir and how they explain that it's not just that, first of all, with hardship comes ease, right? There's two verses like that. And it just shows that with hardship, there would be ease, some scholars say, in this life and in the hereafter. Mm-hmm. Um, but then something else that they say is that whilst you're in that difficulty, there will be moments of ease. And I remember a few days ago, somebody on Twitter, not even a Muslim, was like, I feel like we need to write more and talk more about um there's little moments of ease, of, of light, of joy that comes even when we're going through trauma or when you're struggling with our mental health and that we don't talk about it enough. Actually, I think it was during my workshop when of writing happiness that someone was saying that and that person is not Muslim. But then I'm like, it's so true in, in like times where things are hard and things are difficult, there will be moments of ease. So like when you make dua, just be open, knowing that Allah knows what's best for you. Sometimes you might make a dua, it would not be answered. And 10 years later, you're like, oh, I'm so glad Allah did not answer that dua because it would have led to this, 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 that I would have not been able to handle, for example. And another thing is sometimes we make dua, but we're not ready. Or we're not in a position where we will be able to take up space or 
use this da'a, like the answer to the da'a in the best form. And something the law gives us time to prepare ourselves so that we can then manifest the da'a that we have asked for. So just bearing all of these things in mind and don't think that, oh, Allah didn't answer my prayer, so therefore, why should I keep making da'a? We should never, ever stop making da'a to Allah. Sure. That's one of the biggest things. And then another thing that I loved, um, there's a statement from Sufyan ibn Uyayna, who says, what a person knows of himself should never stop him from supplicating to God, for he answered the most evil of creatures, Iblis, when he said, give me respite until the day they are resurrected. God said, you are on the... So I, said, I said that guy had heart. Iblis, obviously, <laughs> is what I'm talking about. But I mean, you asked like, give me respite. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Last dude granted it to him. So, yeah. like... So yeah, for us, like even if you think, oh, I've been distanced from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that should never be a reason for mm-hmm. us not to make da'a. Like maybe yeah, you're, make, you making da'a is what will allow, like that, what will allow transformation. And I genuinely do believe in that. And I think it's part of like the discussion that we have about, oh, is the mosque for people who are perfect Muslims or people who are like distanced from Allah? It's like, we need to provide that space for everyone, regardless of where they are on their journey and i think dua it was one of those ones because it is such a private thing between you and god so even when you are struggling communicating yeah. with allah asking allah for his help those things make a difference so like you were saying dua is not something that we ever lose hope in oh and i saw something and i saw something the other day but i didn't read it properly but um they were saying that when you make dua you should not say inshallah yeah you shouldn't this is been doing for years mr mckenroy uh did a tweet about it years ago or maybe maybe a couple of years ago because when you because this star is like you're telling God to give you something and then you're like if he wills if he wants to I feel like whereas when you make star yeah I think no, I'm not I, saying inshallah but I'm like oh ya Allah if you think but is that different no, I mean, like, Allah, if you think it's different between saying if it's best for me give it to me versus if you want to give it to me give it to me it's almost so you don't care okay like, I don't care. give it to me if you want if you don't want then don't give it to me okay versus yeah, that's different. if you believe this is best for me then give it to me because inshallah is like if Allah wills if Allah wants to give it to me Allah should give it to me right yeah uh-huh okay i got you i got you i got you yeah i found that interesting when i saw it okay so the last one or second to last again is istikfar slash repentance so he talks about the condition of repent the conditions of repentance i mean there's people give it between like four and six but it's all in general it's all the same thing which is regretting what you've what you've done and then stop doing that thing well as much as you can and if it's if it has to do with someone else's rights that you've like taken away from them or trust you betrayed and try to restore what you've done so if the person also is alive then apologize and seek forgiveness from them seek forgiveness from Allah and resolve to not do what you said or what you did or say what you said ever again basically yeah. good explanation you the same this, yeah that was succinctly succinctly <laughs> can't find my words succinctly explained okay there was another hadith that was included which says son of adam so long as you keep calling upon me and hoping for good from me i shall forgive you whatever you have done and i do not mind son of adam were sins to rise as high as the sky and were you to ask me for forgiveness i would forgive you son of adam were you to come to me with sins as large as would fill the earth and meet me having ascribed no partner to me i would bring you forgiveness as great as your sins and that's Midi. I mean, that's in Thirmidi, sorry. I love that. Beautiful, beautiful hadith. And a reminder of the vastness Again, of... to never lose hope. Never, yes. ever, ever lose hope. No matter how big your sin, you think your sin is. Allah's mercy covers everything. As long as we keep turning back to him. And that's the thing about not delaying repentance, that we're instantly like seeking even if you think you're gonna do it again tomorrow just seek forgiveness because yeah. you never know final one it's around collective dhikr and companionship which i love because i feel like you're about nigerians naturally we just do this anyway because <laughs> yeah love, it is it's, big, it's a big thing it's very very big but it's, around... it's so beneficial actually because like even if it's something that like, if dhikr is something i do on a daily basis knowing that maybe i come and meet you or a group of people every certain day a week is it's nice because you're constantly you're still getting a regular reminder of them but i think it's really nice i do it's too. a good way to also like strengthen bonds it's very very good and also like even if you're not coming there with the intention of dhikr you know there's hadith of like when you're in a gathering, even if you're not there for the intention of the other people that are there to remember Allah, you still benefit from the forgiveness of sins that they get. So look at the vast mercy of Allah. Yeah. 
but yeah. Oh, I found the quote that I was looking for earlier. The heart which is devoid of the remembrance of Allah is a heart that is dead. It is dead even and long before the body carrying the heart reaches its grave. SubhanAllah. May Allah prevent us from that reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, mm-hmm. do you want to read the last one? Yes. The, so this is about like friendship and companionship. Yeah. Um, and the Prophet said, the best friend is the one who makes you remember Allah when you see him. Whosoever Allah wishes good for, he will grant him a righteous friend who will remind him if he forgets and aid him if he remembers. And I am thankful to Allah for all of the people in my life. Alhamdulillah. Because they have been and they still are beautiful instruments of getting nearer to Allah, not traded for anything in the world. It's one of the best blessings. The risk of good people cannot be underestimated. Hey, favorite quotes. My favorite quote is the hadith Qudsi, where Allah says, I treat my servant as he hopes that I would treat him. I am with him whenever he remembers me. If he remembers me in his heart, I remember him in my quote unquote heart. If he remembers me in a gathering, I remember him in a gathering far better than that gathering. If he draws near to me a handspan, I draw near to him an arm's length. If he draws near to me an arm's length, I draw near to him a fathom's length. And if he comes to me walking, I come to him running. I love that. I've always loved the Hadith, man. Always, always love it because, again, it's just the reminder that Allah's always there. I just find it so interesting. The first Allah tells us in the Quran that man is forgetful. Yeah. And Allah gives us so many ways to always remember that he's there. So many ways it reminds us he is always there in the five daily prayer obviously which is for our benefits more than anything again you remember the Lord's always there in the praying in the fasting in anything in the du'as the adkar you see when you go into the toilet when you come out the toilet when you leave the house just as Allah always tells us hey look I'm here mm-hmm. for you here always yeah and yeah merciful guys beautiful have a merciful Lord alhamdulillah I love alhamdulillah. that alhamdulillah good what's your favorite quote um so mine is also hadith um and it says seek a verdict from your heart virtue is that which your soul and heart feel satisfied with sin is that which troubles the soul and about which the heart is uneasy and confused even though people may give their legal opinion in its favor i love that a lot because it's a good way to just see when because sometimes we know something is wrong yeah then you go and find a ruling or you feel it in your heart actually something is wrong but then you go find someone that will just verify for you that it's quote-unquote right, and then you move. It just reminds me of how somebody was asking me the question of if I was the oh God, different conversation. But I was telling someone the story of someone I was talking to some time ago, and he was like, oh, um, because there is that thing where people say you can take off your hijab for a potential suitor, which I absolutely oh. do not agree with. <laughs> um, and the person was then like, no, but there's this minority of scholars who say yes, based on this hadith, which again, do not agree with, but I just found it interesting that the same person was like, he would never marry somebody who doesn't wear the hijab, is the same person that is looking for this little tiny leeway to see someone's hair before they get married to them. Are you, anyways, I'll shut up because I was going to say something that was not nice. But I just found it interesting how we would, like, we're all willing as human beings to find something that rules something else in our favor even though deep down inside we might know that mm. right it's disturbing your heart yeah i think you usually yeah. know like what actions you should stay away from when you like and it, it's so true it, re- it literally is so true like you know the actions that disturb mm-hmm. your heart and you know the ones you feel it in your heart you know it's a, it's a beautiful reminder what is the latest book that you're reading so i'm reading still oh i love that book i'm taking my time with it of this our country the essays are so cute and it's just lovely i'm really enjoying it and just because nigeria is a country of what over 200 or something 250 ethnicities or something so like such a diverse country and like yeah another like 500 languages or something like that so like look at that so obviously even though this experience is of 24 authors or nigerian or writers or nigerian yeah their experiences are so diverse it's such an interesting um, such an interesting collection of essays to read and i'm just taking it slow trying to serve out each moment and then i stumbled on this book of poetry so I didn't read poetry a lot but I'm trying to venture more into poetry because I think poetry is good for writers or if you care about it it's very good in like helping you to capture things in very in a very succinct manner 
you learn how to minimize words. I found like when I read the prose by people who are normally poets or poets who also write prose, you see how they're very economical with their words and they, they just capture an action with like less words and it still resonates in a very, very strong way. Um, so I'm trying to read poetry a lot more. Ah. So I, this one is actually, this guy was, uh, it was it's called Search by Jay Bernard. He's a black British um, poet. Hmm. And basically they were commissioned to do a residential project and this was based on or inspired by the new cross fire um where new these cross. two yeah you know new cross in southeast london so it's a i've heard about it but i didn't even know the details there was a fire when these two black young british people teenagers were having a party there was a fire in the house some people say it was instigated by racism nobody knows but i think at least 18 people died they're all young the investigation was not properly done and there's not that much conversation about it as as usual when it comes to black people. Don't even get it started on this most recent news event, but I always avoid I try to avoid the news as much as I can. Um I'm not even trying to come you know. So I'm really enjoying the way that he's bringing to life these people. Yeah. And then we know some of their names. He spent a lot of time with all of the resources available to kind of capture their story in that book. And I'm really, really loving it. Um, so far really good what are you reading i'm reading hello world being human in the age of algorithms by how's that going i saw your long tweet when you were so excited about it it's like yeah this is my job you know me i love like i love non-fiction so basically the idea behind it is looking at how algorithms impact our life already you know like people are always what i really love about this book is it presents both sides in a way that makes sense so like so far she's talked about the way that algorithm uh, algorithms are used like in politics so there was like um how it impacted the u.s election and brexit and it's actually insane how much of our data is collected like i don't think we are fully aware Everywhere. how much yeah like how much our data is presently being collected and then the chapter that i'm on right now is looking at the justice system and how in america oh, sometimes God. you have like they use ma- machine learning to um assess whether someone the jail sentence someone should have when they should be i've read that before i didn't know what book led me to that but i've read that before it's so fascinating but basically it looks at how algorithms are not perfect like they're not we have to examine the biases that are input into them and in some situations like what she was saying about how algorithms can't determine guilt they can't it doesn't factor in in mitigating circumstances as a human being would but then on the other hand human beings are also culpable to making mistakes as well or like deliberately again bias affecting their decision making mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was so fascinating because she gave the example of you know um the protest that happened during um when mark duggan was killed and how this one person took a a bottle of water from a store that he was passing by during the protest and this one person wore like a what do you call it what do you is it baklava or that those things that cover your eyes um i went to a store with the intention to steal a computer but they both got two different like one of them got off completely with community hours and one of them was sentenced to jail the one that took water bottle so it's looking at how we are in two imperfectly two imperfect worlds with humans making decisions and algorithms making decisions but then how do we arrive like at a balance of where they could both if be you're enjoying this i think you might so, also enjoy weapons of mass destruction oh okay i should check it out but yeah i'm, yeah. I'm definitely gonna buy, i'm gonna buy a paperback because i'm reading on my kindle right now but i want i want the physical i love non-fiction but the thing about non-fiction is i also feel like it has to be recommended by someone i trust because i've struggled to find like sometimes it's hit, hit or miss i find so i've been struggling with finding a good one that's on my to read list i'm definitely hopefully gonna read next is um quiet i've been putting it off for too long quiet you know what one yeah. of my youtubers that she gave it a low review i haven't read it I would, really? i've only read a few chapters but she gave it a low review but i'm gonna read one it. of my friends i got so we went we went to a bookshop recently and i she wanted me to recommend a few books for her so some fiction some non-fiction and the non-fiction i recommended to her was quiet because someone i knew Lots of people recommended it to me before, but someone I knew was also reading it at the same time, and she had only read the introduction and she was raving on about it. So I was like, "Okay, well, how about you try it and let me know what you think?" And she messaged me to say she's actually halfway through by the next day, 
wow. and that she thinks I'm gonna like it especially because I'm interested in like different ways that people learn and different like education styles and so on and she rated it a four out of five which I think is high and so I'm looking forward to actually reading it I think I'll be one of the books I read in my two-week break oh that's a, we should add that to conversations because we're, yeah, we're always having yeah, I think extroverted, we should like, extroverted conversations so yeah we should add that we should add that I'll add it to the list um, actually, yeah. yeah and then the second book I'm reading is The First Woman by Jennifer Nasumbu how's that going because that's a oh, heavy book my full of content god I love it I love love that you love it. That girl is driving me up the walls. I've only I've only just read the first chapter. I'm so glad you love it. Oh, I'm so so rich. (laughs) And it's so well written. It's so well written. It's insane. I love it. I was I finished the first chapter today and I was like, oh my god, what is happening in this book? But I'm hooked. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad you love it. I'm so glad you love it. (laughs) I'm so, so glad because it's gonna so, go through so many things. It's gonna go up and it's gonna go to boarding school. It's gonna go, no, it's tell so me. Many. I mean, I just uh, I'm just saying like how much of her life they show you, but then there's also some other parts you find out as well. It's so yeah. good. It's fascinating. So good. It's so fascinating. It's like, so I, interesting. It's rich. Rich. She, she not won awards. I feel like she did. She won for that book. The book is called. Yeah. So it has a different title in America. It's called "A Girl Is a Body of Water." I actually love that title. Ah, uh, okay. The first woman, but she won the Jalak Prize as well. Actually, for the first woman. Hmm? Why did they change the name? No, because sometimes two different publishers buy it in the US and the UK, and if a publisher buys, they can also change the name. You find oh. quite a few books that always have that. They have a different name in the okay. UK than they do in the US. But if it's the same publisher that has but sometimes I do keep the name but sometimes they might say that the audience will resonate with a different name you see how books would have like also like American cover UK cover yeah it's something like that as well interesting oh my god exciting news Farida's book Ace of Spades is getting translated into like what eight languages I'm so happy for amazing her. It's so incredible I'm like, so proud she's done well for herself yeah man. get it it's get it get it it's amazing it's amazing mashallah mashallah cool Okay. That is the end of it today's is. episode. A lot of book, book conversation. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. I know. I'll let you read the end. <laughs> All right, friends. That is the end of the show. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Book Conversations. We hope you've gained benefit from the discussion and also hopefully books to read. If you've enjoyed the episode, remember to like, review, comment, and share with friends and family. And so on and so on and so on. Book so Fixations is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and several other platforms. Email us your thoughts at bookfixationspod at gmail.com and let us know what books you want us to check out. Or just let us know what you think in general or if you have a response to anything we've said or shared. And yeah, till next time, remember to read. Adios. Hasta luego. Hasta luego.